Can you believe that this is the last day of January? What is happening? I cannot believe how time flies. It always, I mean, it always does, but then I just get so surprised when I think about it. The the good thing for me is I'm so excited that we're getting closer to spring because I don't like the cold weather. And if you listen to this podcast a lot, you know that winter is not my favorite time. The last few weeks have been so busy with presentation writing, new clients, meeting new people, and interviews for my podcast. It's so fun, all the amazing people that I'm meeting, and I'm definitely going to be introducing you to them as we go along. You've already met a couple of them in, in uh, earlier episodes, and you'll be meeting some more people coming up. But um, I feel like I haven't done a podcast where I just talk about stuff that's important to me and important to things I want you to know. And so that's what we're going to get today. But I, I'm glad I kind of I like this format too. I never wanted to be a podcast that just did interviews because I like just telling you stuff that I think, like from my, my own experience and things that I want you to know. I have been listening to this audiobook, The Midnight Library by Matt Haig, and it's spelled H-A-I-G, but I'm going to put a link for you to go find this book if you want to. Um, oh my gosh, it has been profound for me to listen to this. And what's so crazy is it's a fictional book. It's not a self-help book. I was telling my daughter about it. I was like, oh my gosh, Haley. I cannot believe how much I'm getting from this book. And she was like, oh, is this a self-help book? Because that's what I do read a lot of. And I was like, no, this is a fictional book. And I'm getting so much out of it. Um, So I'm going to try to convey to you about the book without ruining it for you, because I want you to read it, because I'm sure everyone will get their own epiphany from it. But um, I think it's a must read or a must listen to, whatever you, whatever way you like to consume books. I, oh my, I, I have been so crazy about books lately that I am reading a physical book and listening to a different book at the same time. And I do think that if the books are really different, it's pretty easy to keep them apart, like the stories apart, but you might have to be careful about that if you're going to try to read a physical book and then listen to another, another story. But I want to put a big caution on this before we go forward, um, because this book talks about suicide, and this episode is going to talk about suicide. So I want you to be really careful that if this is something that's going to be hurtful to you or upsetting, I don't want you to listen to it. So I'm giving you a big space of, you know, to just avoid this episode if you need to. But I also think that this is such an important topic to talk about, and I've been wanting to find a way to talk about another book I listened to this summer, and so for some reason, it all just came together in this episode. So, you know, just be careful. Um, I want you to be safe when you listen to my episodes. Obviously, that's like a big, uh, having psychological safety is huge in so many ways, and I want you to have that. So just know that this book talks about suicide. This episode talks about suicide. The other book I mention in this podcast is about suicide or has some suicide things in it. So just beware. 
So in the book, the main character decides that her life is terrible and she wants to end it. She regrets many decisions that she made and didn't make and decides that she doesn't want to live anymore. The Midnight Library is an in-between space. It's in between life and death. And in this library, there is a book of regrets and the main character looks through that book. They're the the, the regrets, her regrets in her life. And as she's looking through them, she feels even worse because the burden of all those regrets is so heavy and so huge. And she tells the librarian she still wants to die. The librarian tells her that each book in this library is a different life that she could have lived. She could take any regret and choose to live the life she wished she would have chosen at that time. If she gets into that life and she doesn't like it, she can come back and choose another one. So I want you to read this. So I'm not going to tell you anything about how it turns out, but there are so many real life lessons that I got out of this book. And I wanted to share some quotes from the book because they're just kind of like life lesson quotes. They're not really quotes, um, you know, about telling about what happens in the story. But sometimes regret looks like dreaming about how our life would have been so wonderful if we would have just chosen to marry that person, or if we would have taken that job, or if we would have practiced more, or if we would have become a famous musician, and so on. So here is a, a quote from the book that is just written so beautiful. It is easy to mourn the lives we aren't living. Easy to wish we'd developed other talents, said yes to different offers. Easy to wish we'd worked harder, loved better, handled our finances more astutely, been more popular, stayed in the band, gone to Australia, said yes to the coffee, or done more yoga. It takes no effort to miss the friends we didn't make, and the work we didn't do, the people we didn't marry, and the children we didn't have. It is not difficult to see yourself through the lens of other people and to wish you were all the different kaleidoscopic versions of you that they wanted you to be. It is easy to regret and keep regretting ad infinitum until our life, until our time runs out. But it is not lives we regret not living that is the real problem. It is the regret itself. It's the regret that makes us shrivel and wither and feel like our own and other people's worst enemy. We can't tell if any of those other versions would have been better or worse. Those lives are happening, it is true. But you are happening as well. And that is the happening that we have to focus on. Oh my gosh, I just get chills when I read this stuff. It's just like so amazing. So this made me think about how much we all think about how we screwed up. And I was thinking about, you know, oh my gosh, I have beat myself up so much about these kinds of things, about how we could have been so much happier if we would have done this or that, or we have, and we have no idea how that would have really played out. And in the book, many things that she thought would have been better were not better at all. And some things were actually worse. I think about how much I have thought about these things over the years and just really suffered and wasted so much time 
And it took away from me enjoying this life that I am actually living right now. Here's another quote from the book. But there is no life where we can be in a state of sheer happiness forever. And imagining there is just breeds more unhappiness in the life you're in. We don't have to play every game to know what winning feels like. We don't have to hear every piece of music in the world to understand music. We don't have to have tried every variety of grape from every vineyard to know the pleasure of wine. Love and laughter and fear and pain are universal currencies. We just have to close our eyes and savor the taste of the drink in front of us and listen to the song as it plays. We are all completely and utterly alive as we are in any other life, and have access to the same emotional spectrum. It is quite a revelation to discover that the place you wanted to escape to is the exact same place you escaped from. That the prison wasn't the place, but the perspective. Oh my gosh, that is exactly what I've been telling you for the past 125 episodes. Our circumstances aren't what cause us to suffer. It is what we are thinking about and focusing on that makes us suffer. The prison is our minds telling us that it would be better if we were somewhere else, with someone else, at a different school, had different parents, hadn't had that accident, etc., etc., etc. So, another book that I read this summer came to mind as I was going through this episode and thinking about what I wanted to say. And it has some wonderful quotes in it too. And again, I would love it if you read these books for yourself. But um, I want, first of all, I want you to know a little bit about this author because it then it makes sense for the rest of the stuff that I'm going to tell you about him. So Augustin Burroughs, is the author, and he was born Christopher Richter Robeson. And he wrote several biographies about his life, and I have read those as well. And he had a very bizarre and very abusive childhood. And it it was really hard for me to read about some of the things. So again, please be careful if you're going to read any of his books, because he does speak very bluntly and frankly about everything. Um, And actually, his first book, which is his um, autobiography, is called Running with Scissors, and it was made into a movie about his crazy childhood. So I wanted you to know that he was a severely abused person uh, because he wrote the book that I listened to this summer was a self-help book that he wrote in 2012. And He is not a psychiatrist or any kind of professional in the mental health field, but he wanted to write a no-nonsense book for people that had experienced a lot of trauma because he has firsthand knowledge of that too. And he probably wrote it in a way that would, it is a way that he would have wanted to have heard that information when he was going through his different traumatic events. The book has a long title, but it describes what he talks about in the book. And I and he's also funny. Um, and I know that none of these topics are funny. Trauma is not funny. Suicide's not funny. But 
He writes in a way that is humorous. Um, I'm glad he can have a sense of humor considering everything that he's been through. But this is the name of the book. This is how proven aid in overcoming shyness, molestation, fatness, spinsterhood, grief, disease, luxury, decrepitude, and more for young and old alike. (laughs) So one chapter in the book was titled How to End Your Life. And when I first saw that title, I was really upset because it seems reckless to to have a title like that in a book for people who are really struggling. And there is so much suicide. And it was just, it was upsetting. But as I read the chapter, I thought it was the perfect title for that chapter. And I'll kind of explain what he means by that. He actually attempted to die by suicide many times. Um, Well, I don't know how many for sure, but there were multiple attempts. And he does describe in the book in detail what he tried to do. So please, again, I, I, I don't want to be reckless myself in talking about this, but I also think it's a very important topic. And I love how he approached it. So just be careful. And here's a couple of quotes from the book. The past does not haunt you. We haunt the past. We allow our minds to focus in that direction. You cannot be a prisoner of your past against your will, because you can only live in the past inside your mind. I just have to take deep breaths sometimes. It's just like um, the things that he says are amazing. Augustin realized during one of his attempts that suicide was the last thing that he wanted to do. And it's amazing that he realized that during the attempt, and he was, I think he was a teenager during this attempt. It was actually the opposite of what he desired. Augustin says this in his book, suicide would not accomplish any of my goals. What I really wanted was to end my life. I hadn't been able to make the distinction before really thinking it through. Ending my life didn't mean I had to die. It meant I could change my name from Chris to Augustin. If I ended my life, I could start another one where things did not happen to me and where I was in charge of what would happen. I began to feel something flutter, then rise in my chest. It was the smallest amount of levity. It was the start of a feeling known as relief, the relief that I assumed suicide would give me. So often in this podcast, I have told you that you can create the life that you want. You. Augustine was saying that it wasn't his life that he wanted to end. It was the pain of the life he was living. He changed his name and he decided to create the life he wanted to live a life that wasn't thinking about the past and all the abuse and the trauma that he had been through, but thinking about the future and all the things he wanted to do in this new life. Don't haunt your past and keep thinking about how you wish things would have been or regret decisions that you made that you can't change. That is not helpful. We can get lost in thinking about what we should have done or shouldn't have done, move forward. Now, if regret can help you be more thoughtful, be braver, kinder, 
or more alive, then go for it. But if regret is making you feel like you don't want to live this life, stop romanticizing decisions that you think would have made you happier. Just make yourself happier in this life that you have. Augustine says in his book, if you hate your life, you haven't seen enough of it. If you hate your life, it's because your life is too small and doesn't fit you. (sighs) Well, I hope that this episode was encouraging. I know it's a dark topic, but I think it's one that we should be talking about. And I think a lot of people are suffering, but it isn't necessary. When we regret, it is based on stories we imagine in our minds. These are not truths. Since they aren't true, we don't have to believe them. We don't have to keep thinking about them. Think about the future you and the amazing life that you're going to have and live that amazing life right now. I'll talk to you soon.